All right, this is True News 365. Uh, thanks for joining me once again today. I want to um, do uh, a, follow, um, a response on uh, a segment of scripture, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 11. Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 11. And I want to um, go through that section, that segment of scripture, which is often um, very confusing. It's kind of tricky. It is absolutely tricky. We all agree. Um, it's a matter of um, really um, going through it with a fine tooth comb um, and what it's basically saying. Oftentimes people feel like this is a um, stating that um, the people in Hebrews 6, 1 through um, 4, that the writer of Hebrews is speaking to um, uh, concerning losing a person's salvation. And um, I want to see if I could try to demonstrate that that is not the case. Okay. Um, for context, let's first look at chapter 5, verse 11. Right. Starting at verse 11. Let's go to um, Hebrews. If you want to join me, yeah, join me with your Bible. Bring out your Bible, baby. Okay, so let's go to first. Let's go to Hebrews, um, chapter five. Let's start at um, verse eleven, for context. Okay, just to see who he's talking about. Okay, concerning him, um, concerning him, we have much to say, and it is difficult to explain since you have become poor listeners. For through, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is acquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Okay, but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. So obviously the writer who many scholars believe is Paul is speaking uh, to a Jewish group of people who had made their profession of faith in Christ then later started falling back into the old covenant ways. This is synonymous with Paul's uh, reprimanding those in Galatians and the Judaizers Paul had dealt with in Jerusalem, right? The writer, possibly Paul, is speaking about immaturity among these people and the need to move on to perfection, that is maturity. This exhortation is also seen in many other scripture with Paul exhorting the churches, uh, leaving behind the fundamentals of Christ's word. That's what he's talking about, leaving behind the fundamentals of the gospel. Let us move on to growth. Let's move on to maturity, to perfection as a child to an adult. Let's get past the fundamentals, in other words, right? In other words, these people were not separating themselves to God, but were stagnant. The fundamentals of repentance and faith, which we know are the essentials of the gospel. He's telling them, don't go back to repentance of dead works, but faith in Christ, not going back to the laying of, on of hands, washings, resurrection of the dead, and the judgment to come. Things important in the old covenant. He says, we'll get back to those things. Those things aren't as important as you're growing in the faith and moving forward, he's trying to tell them. But they're stuck on teachings of the old covenant, washings of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. 
These are old teachings of the Jews which New Covenant believers have in common. The writer is telling these Jews not to go back to the Old Covenant ways. The confusing part is that these are much in common with the New co uh, Covenant and not as in common with pagans who had completely different religious teachings. If he were talking to pagans, people would, wouldn't be so confused as to what he's saying because of the distinction between the pagans and the new believers in Christ, right? Um, so he wants them to press on to maturity and away from old teachings. Okay, now let's read um, uh, six Hebrews 6, starting at verse 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying on uh, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about washings and layings on of hands and about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then to have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they again crucified for them, to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Verse 7, for, the, for a ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and produces vegetation, usually to those who for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. Okay, this is kind of like a parallel to the parable of the soils. Um, some some produce thorns, if you remember. Um, okay, so some of these um, words I want to highlight. Okay, like being enlightened. This means having been given knowledge of the truth, right? Uh, tasting of the heavenly gift isn't speaking about the table of God because it also refers to tasting with regard to the good word. Um, having been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, this means they got to see the power of the Holy Spirit in healings and lives changed and the work of God in people's lives. Having been partakers like those who in John chapter 6 got fed by Christ, but still fell away. They partook of the power of the Holy Spirit, but still fell away, demonstrating that they were not a true branch by not abiding, as in John chapter 15. Having tasted the good word of God, which is the gospel, and the powers of the age to come, the promise of eternal life, right? The conversation of true things. If you fall away back into these things, there exists no more promise or sacrifice, and there's nothing else to offer you other than what has been already offered before. Those who leave after having experienced so much, as in, to much is given, much is expected, it'll be impossible to turn them back to repentance because of the state of their hearts. This parallels what Christ said about those who have an evil spirit taken out of them and then worse spirits return and their situation is worse the second time than the first. That's Matthew 12 and if you don't mind let's go to Matthew 12:43 just to get a better focus on that. Okay? Not that this is not talking about um, salvation or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, Matthew 12, starting at 43. Um, now, when the unclean spirit comes out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from where, which I came. And when it comes, I'll find it uh, unoccupied, swept and put in order. Then, then it goes and brings along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they come in and live there and the last condition of that person becomes worse than the first that is the way it will be also with this evil generation okay nowhere there does it talk about that the holy spirit goes in and comes out okay that's not what it's talking about all right so verse 7 of hebrews chapter 6 verse 7 and 8 make it clear that if they do fall back to their old ways, they will be as those who didn't buy in the vine, as in John chapter 15, but turn back to their old ways, as in they go back to their false religion, and thereby demonstrate that they never had the Spirit of God, which seals. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stop. I wait. I'm gonna have to stop. I'm getting a massive. Okay, I will return. Okay, I'm back. Uh, sorry about that. My little one was bugging out and I had to attend to her really quickly, but I am back. And where do we leave off? Let's see. Uh, verse, okay, yeah, verse seven and eight make it clear that if we do fall back to their old, if they fall back to their old ways, they will, it will be as those who didn't abide in the vine, but turn back to their old ways, as in false religion. And thereby demonstrate they never had the Spirit of God, which seals the saved. Because it's those who will endure to the end who will be saved, which is a physical and tangible confirmation of their salvation. Right? That's what it's meant to be. This passage of scripture does not discuss or illustrate that these people did have the Spirit of God in them, thereby solidifying that one could be saved and, and then lose salvation, but just simply that they must walk to make their election sure to themselves, which is a common ex exhortation in scripture. After their profession, if they walk away to pursue their old ways, their old religion, that what can then entice them uh, to come back. We can't see the hearts of any congregation of believers, just like Paul could not. Therefore, um, his message is limited to an exhortation to stay in Christ and continue to grow in him. At a certain point of those who are sluggish of hearing from what we saw in chapter five, they're, basically, what that means is that they're stubborn, closed, uh, they close their hearts, continue to deny God, etc. They can't be renewed again to repentance. What that means is because what moved them before to repentance won't be as compelling afterwards. And quite possibly the condition of their hearts after continually de denying God and refusing to repent and turning their back on God will be more seared and impenetrable. Okay, because they've seen and have experienced God, just like those who died along the way in the wilderness in the days of Moses, they saw the work of Moses, they experienced the supernatural work of God, but they still fell. How can they have been saved if they rejected God after all of that? Repentance is a continuous thing in life, in the life of the child of God. Our repentance isn't just in the beginning of our profession and or 
when the Lord drags us to the cross, but furthermore throughout our lives in sanctification as a result of continued growth, maturity, and purification. If a person stops repenting, they demonstrate that they are closing their hearts to God. If they take on deceptions, false doctrines, false religions, etc., and don't repent and, and turn back to God, they are on their way to a seared heart. Those are the ones who cannot come back to listen to the truth, and therefore they become apostate, never genuinely being of the fold. We all know that just in the Old Testament, there were mixed multitudes in the New Testament. There were wheat and tares, and ultimately sheeps, sheep and goats. There are many who will say, Lord, Lord, those who are religious and those who sit in pews who are not saved. We all, we all know this. And so, by their leaving the faith, they crucify Christ yet again by denying him. After being such great witnesses to the good news of Christ, power and message, a person who abandons the faith will be impossible to bring them back to Christ's truth. As it is written, if you deny him, he'll deny you. Okay? Let me do this quickly. So, better things for you, but beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you. This is our verse 9. We are convinced of better things for you regarding you and things that accompany salvation. There he's talking about salvation. When even, uh, even though we are speaking in this way, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name by having served and by still uh, serving the saints, we desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end he's talking about that abiding again so that you will not be sluggish as in chapter 4 i mean chapter 5 before but imitators of those who through faith and endurance inherit the promise okay so um that's basically it um that's uh hebrews 6 4 through 11 um it's not discussing a losing of salvation it's talking about people uh jews that wanted to come back they wanted to to the people to go back they were still stuck in their old religion and and the writer of, of hebrews which i believe is paul is once again ex, ex, exhorting them to let go of those things as we see in the beginning of the chapter in the top of the chapters leaving therefore leaving the elementary teaching get it i mean it, it grow into the get past the initial gospel and um, and so that's what it's all about. And he says, and he says, letting go, letting go. It says here uh, of instruction. See, not let so uh, let let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction of washings and laying hands of, and a res resurrection of the dead. These are all the Jews had in common, and they believed as well, and they put a lot of importance and stock into these uh, rituals and things. Um, you see, he says, get past that. Okay. Um, get past the ele elementary teachings of the Christ and get past these old instructions of washing and laying on of hands and all of this stuff and move on to the meat of the life in Christ. Okay. So that's pretty much, uh, the explanation there. I hope that was beneficial to whoever comes by and catches this okay and thanks again for joining me until next time
God bless. Thanks again for listening to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, blogs, resources, commentary. Check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram. And until next time, let's keep the faith moving forward and ignite the power of truth with the word of God to our neighbors and the rest of the world in Christ's name. God bless.